0: You're listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis, the one and only podcast that discusses modern plastic surgery and leaves you looking great and feeling better.
1: Welcome everyone to The Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, and today I probably have one of the most popular famous plastic surgeons in the whole world and it's Dr. Grant Stevens he runs his own podcast and we're actually in the booth right now it's called the technology of beauty and this guy has done pretty much everything and he's so well known and again he really doesn't need any introduction if you follow anything in the world of plastic surgery this is the guy. Basically, he's the uh, founder and director of a big medical plastic surgery practice in Marina Del Rey. And the other thing that I find to be amazing is that he's still training fellows at USC. And um, he's involved in everything in the industry. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thanks for having podcast. me. See you. Uh, so, one of the first things I want to tell everybody is this this is how wonderful of a guy you are. I don't think you're ever going to remember this. But back in about 2009, 2010, when Cool Sculpting was really getting popular, mm-hmm. you wanted to make a statement to say, this should be in the hands of plastic surgeons it shouldn't be just going out anywhere right now i really want to make sure that plastic surgeons are jumping on board with this great concept of um, non-surgical fat removal and the guys from cool sculpting gave me your like cell number Uh i called you when you were taking care of your mom and (laughs) stuff like that and it was unbelievable. You called me back, it was late at night because I'm on the East Coast, you're on the West Coast, and you were at home, and you said, let I talk really slow and low because I'm taking care. Do you remember, I mean, it was so unbelievable. And I'm talking to you, you're walking through your house, I think, just making sure everything is okay, but you wanted to make sure that I understood the power that this technology was gonna ultimately have. So just tell me, how did this whole thing make you start to feel like Plastic surgery is one thing, but you could see the development of a non-surgical world coming, and that's really where we are now.
0: Well, First of all, I I don't remember the phone call. I'm sorry to tell you, but okay. uh, thank you, uh, and thank you for having me. Uh, we're here. In Park City at the ABAM American Brazilian Aesthetic Medicine meeting, that's what we're here for. You've got your badge on there. I just I want to add some clarity <laughs> and color to this uh, to this podcast. Um, I what I saw was a great need and desire for body contouring without surgery. And and from that time in nine and 10 and so forth, I refine my messaging and I would go to speak to hundreds, if not thousands of people, and it's a really simple. And I would say this to your your watchers right now, to all of you, raise your hand if you don't have an inch of fat you would like to get rid of. No one raises their hand. Now raise your hand if you would like to have surgery very few people raised their hand. Therein lies the need. All of us, most of us, 90 plus percent of us would love to contour our bodies in some way, shape or form. We have an area of fat. We're not really that keen on. and We have our own. We all have our own issues. Yet not a lot of us really want to go under the knife. Yeah, I know liposuction is popular and I'm not, I'm not anti liposuction, but I knew the audience was many times larger yes for the non-surgicals right okay and some of them would become surgicals at some point in your life or not yeah so I started with sculpting in 09 with my first machine and I'm I grew so fast with the freeze the fat I ended up with nine machines in one location
1: I remember you had billboards
0: freeze the fat
1: I and think even Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. I remember. Yes, yes. I wondering. still
0: have that on my website. That's the funniest. Jerry thing. Seinfeld and uh, what's the other guy? Kramer. To drive? Kramer, yeah. Kramer. And uh, yeah. yeah, and, uh, and it was on Glow. It was on a lot of television. Freeze the Fat became uh, sort of iconic. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, Cool Sculpting or Zeltique did great, and Cool Sculpting has done well. And uh, uh, and now there are other forms of non surgical yeah. body contouring and cool sculpting has changed. The cool sculpting elite yeah. is very different.
1: Yeah. And, but it still
0: uses cryolipolysis.
1: Mean, uh, and I, I think the main you know, view that I've always had of you is that you can see things and trends coming way before anybody else has seen it happen. And I think that's such a feather in your cap that's just unbelievable. Well, you're very kind. Well,
0: it's true. I'm, I'm exposed to a lot of it. I, I'm close to industry. I've yeah. never thought industry was a four letter, letter word. <laughs> and even as the president of the Aesthetic Society, I embraced them and welcome them in. Welcome in a number of our colleagues, do not. But it's really simple to me. Without industry, we don't have new products, goods or services because who else is gonna take the risk to develop these technologies? The doctors aren't. It's too pricey and it's too uh, risky. And you know, industry has to kiss a lot of frogs in order till we get a princess. And and uh, so I welcome industry's uh, risk taking, if you will, and development of new technologies and they're not all gonna work. Yeah. And, and some are going to go by the wayside, but the ones that do work and are safe and reliable, like Sculpting yeah. and others, yeah. they're going to stay with us for a while till we get
1: a better one. Now, with everything you know that's coming down the pipe, can you tell the audience something that you see happening? Not maybe necessarily the exact name of the product, but what part of plastic surgery do you see as being the next big wave? I guess.
0: There will be, and there is, there will be um, more refined non-surgical body contouring. There are there are technologies and energy sources that are being used right now, and devices that are being developed right now that I'm familiar with yeah. that will go to the next step of both removing fat as well as uh, toning muscles in a non-surgical, non-invasive way. That's one. Two. There's an emphasis now on uh, what I coined the term beauty below the belt (laughs) and I registered it. So and I I own the URL. So if you want to buy it, I already own them all. Beauty below the belt or beautiful below the belt and below the belt beauty and below the belt beautiful. I got them all. Yeah. But the emphasis below the belt, we we always talked about the face. And then of course, there's emphasis on tummy and breasts and so forth. But there's a, a very high uh interest in beauty below the belt whether it's the tushy uh, in male or females whether it's moving fat around taking fat from high spots putting in the low spots if it's the genitalia uh uh, if it's how about lax skin we don't have a great answer to skin laxity non-surgical right and there are a number of technologies that are out there right now i could name them that are that are scratching around the surface one in particular is doing a really good job but we have other ones that are going to tighten lack skin and we get lack skin from aging but we also get it from weight loss or yo-yo dieting Absolutely. or massive weight loss and if we chase lack skin in the name of dimples or cellulite if we say well that's cellulite and we go in with oval leaf for instance to release it yeah. but it's really lax skin we don't have a good result
1: exactly.
0: we have to know what's lax skin and what's, and what's cellulite it, that's right and they come both they come together it's not important. it's not binary no no you can have both right
1: absolutely and that's why it's so difficult about treating cellulite for the patients that are coming in they don't want to hear that it sometimes isn't is it? just laxity right. Right. skin right right I know that's uh, a
0: tough one so those and then one last thing and that will be uh, exosomes and various i'm so happy that. So yeah. you know the, the whole business of exosomes is unbelievable i've had four or five people on my show talking about their particular brand if you will of exosomes know, I've watched it. and but we have some right here in the booth yeah. right here and um at this year's meeting at ais the aesthetic innovation summit we have a panel on just exosomes yeah. and i'm the co-chairman of the meeting And you can't believe how many companies have asked to be on that panel. And we can only have, I think, five. And we're trying to sort through the ones that uh, might offer the audience the best look uh, at just where we're going with these exosomes. And I don't know where we're going.
1: Plus you're still a practicing plastic surgeon, you run such an amazing practice. Do you bring some of these into the practice to like demo them out so that you know yourself which ones you really think work and which ones don't work? How do you Well,
0: do- at the height of my practice when I was really running the big non-surgical center that was also a research center, yeah. at one time for the media I walked around and I had 58 energy-based devices nine cool sculptings over 30 lasers and so forth so do i try them out of course i do one time i was asked to look at um radio frequency and microneedling, and we walked around we had 11 different technologies and so we, we we analyzed 11. so so all the body contouring devices we have or we've used and yeah. then i discard them um as yeah. we have them now i must tell you uh this week it was announced that i'm now the chairman of the board of of uh, Engage technologies out of boise idaho i also sold my practice
1: to a phoenix
0: oh it's just this year to Athenix, but I'm on the board of directors, so I'm helping. So we're rolling up other plastic surgery practices, Athenix is. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, so I'm not actively doing surgery. I'm still involved in aesthetic education. At, no, at, I stopped oh, surgery wow. on March 22nd. Congratulations. And uh, thank you. And we're building other practices, right. still educating, still doing research and publishing. Fantastic. And of course, my beloved Technology of Beauty podcast, which allows me to interview the movers and shakers of the beauty business. I it all the time do to you find
1: i do to find thank out you. and you're a terrific podcaster by the way for anybody that ever wants to uh, tune in you do it. it's so relaxed thank you. i love the ones that you just like have industry leaders coming in and really trying to show off their wares in a way and you're very poignant you're very you know respectful but you ask them the hard questions about this stuff so it's really great thanks i have thanks. one more question sure you've developed something called patient for life mm-hmm. trademarked it i know Again, <laughs> this, this guy knows his business I'm telling you. but without actually saying that word from day one in my practice, honest, yeah. I've always felt like I was um, a family doctor or a general practitioner. Mm-hmm. And when I saw these patients, I actually wanted them to be patients for life. Sure. And I hope Good that for people you. that are watching that are my patients. <laughs> no, that's the way I've always felt. I want to take care of their mom, family, everything like a <laughs> GP. Yes. One. but. I do want them coming back for other things this past week or so i literally saw someone I there going 28 years ago 24 years ago and, and so explain to everybody what a patient for life content was and the trademark that you have
0: well first of all i applaud your approach i completely agree with it right from the start when i started i wanted these patients for life it, it was i didn't have the phrase yet but i wanted to be the, the, like, the family doctor, if you will, the yeah. family plastic surgeon. Right. Both surgical and non-surgical. Early on, over 30 years ago, and I started my first med spa in 1989. There were no med spas, and I didn't even call it a med spa. It was comprehensive skin care. And I brought in facialists and various things. And then out of that evolved injectables. All we had was collagen and Zyplast and Zyderm. Yeah. But I even had a hair bowl and we did manicures and hair. And then that was all shipped out because I realized I was encro- encroaching on my referral sources. <laughs> right. So I got rid of that really fast. Right. I realized that, that wouldn't work. But having said that, I was trying to provide comprehensive beauty, if you will, yeah. and health, both beauty and health, to my patients. and. And then, as you mentioned, they kept coming back and then they sent their children or their neighbors or their friends or their sisters and brothers even. And out of that, you know, I realized I want to keep them in my, in my fold, in, in my practice. And came, that out of that came the beauty of uh, the Patients for Life. And the Patients for Life, I realized that's what I wanted. And I kept doing that. and I researched it. And I did things for industry and stuff like the lifetime value of a patient. And I realized yeah. when I went back to my original 200 patients, that stuck with me, yes. that they averaged three operations, they came in six times a year, they received hydrofacials and IPLs right. and injectables, and then they'd come in and I would, I would make notes, and also I remembered a lot of the stuff, like about their kids and their vacations and the exactly. education and what was going on in their lives. And I didn't want to be thought of as just the boob guy or just yes. the rhino guy, like right. nose job guy. I didn't like that, I wanted a relationship. Same. And, and that's what that's you're saying you thing. did. Exactly. That's And that's what's way more fun and way more valuable to the patient and to you, because they ask you to hear exactly. this bull, you know what? And they do go to Dr. Google. They can't help but be exposed to complete nonsense. But you're the trusted authority in their lives. And they call you that's up. Exactly I'm sure they call you up or they come hey. in and say, Doctor, what's this business about exactly. you know about these thread lifts should I have that instead of surgery or what's this business about taking fat out of my middle of my face uh, or you know exactly. and on and on and on they ask you these questions
1: I just put it perfectly. So that's exactly what I, I wasn't smart enough to point a phrase like that, but that's exactly what I wanted to do.
0: You were too busy taking care of your patients. I was sitting around idly, looking (laughs) off into space. I don't
1: think so. I have one last thing. You also got involved early on, like you said, in 1989 with not calling it a med spot, but bringing in skincare and things like that. How do you see the industry balancing um, like physician extenders or nurse practitioners, PAs and things like that, because I know you're involved, I think, with Orange Twist, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Which a fabulous uh, company also. So, how do you see that like, for the patients that are listening to this and trying to balance the doctor and the physician extender or the nurse practitioner or the PA that are doing a lot of this? Well,
0: number one, the most important thing for all of us, as patients and providers, is safety. Absolutely. Nothing trumps safety, right? right? And as simple as it seems, there can be complications of every injectable. Let's take injectables for a moment. And the patients and the public aren't aware of it enough, in my opinion. So quality education and training translates Another into the one. best safety. Now, that doesn't mean physicians have to do everything. I know some fantastic injectors who are extenders or if you're a PAs, NPs, RNs and so forth. That's physicians assistants, nurse practitioners and, and registered nurses. Likewise, there's some crummy doctor injectors. So it's about education and training in the pursuit of safety. The aesthetics will come. I mean, some people have a better eye than others for sure, but doctors don't own that. No. In fact, in many cases they don't. Right. So uh, I'm very, very pro extender, uh, as long as they have adequate training. Yeah. The industry, such as Allegan and others, are training many, many injectors. Med spas are blowing up, it's the hottest growing part of aesthetics. I think that every year we're going to exponentially increase med spas and patient exposure to them, and the percentage of people who have injectables will only rise accordingly. So I'm. Uh, but, I, but the key thing is safety Absolutely. through education. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you look at a place like China, where you have these dock-in-the-box places, they're they're like hair salons, and they're in strip malls, and the highest complication rates for things like blindness and death to tissue, I'm not kidding. And so when yeah. you just put these injectables in the hands of beauticians, hairdressers, makeup artists, and they start willy-nilly injecting, you're going to have complications. Absolutely. And they will be life-altering complications. They, You cannot get your eyesight back. This is so devastating, That's and that very- needs Absolutely. to be pushed out to our body That's
1: public. why all of you know how much I'm involved with AMI, which is the Allegheny Medical Institute, yep. and we're always out there trying to train so that we do have as much safety as possible.
0: <clears throat> Indeed.
1: You've been listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution. I've had the most unbelievable time getting Dr. Grant Stevens to be as my guest. Thank you all for uh, watching and listening, and thank you so much for being on this thing. It's
0: been my absolute pleasure. Please go to The Technology of Beauty on YouTube,